here at ACO Radio, American Communications Online, or any affiliated stations or websites are not responsible for what guest hosts or call-ins may say. All programming is intended for informational and entertainment purposes only. Hello, everyone. This is T.J. Morris, and you're listening to T.J. Morris E.T. Radio. So, Teresa, I guess I should say, everybody out there in ACO UFO Association land. Uh, Tonight, we're going to have a guest or two, and uh, Mad Painter, our co-host, and the big GM of our great producing radio show is here with me, and I've been having uh, some difficulty, so I hope everybody can hear me. If you can't, please call back in to 347-945-7207. I had to restart everything. Uh, Mad, can you hear me, though? You can hear me fine? Oh, yeah. It sounded good. Okay. Well, I don't know what's going on. We had uh, <laughs> people said they got disconnected, and I said I'll call back in. So I did, and now we're live as far as I can tell. But, uh, Matt, I'm still having trouble. Uh, Sean, are you on here? Sean Fowler, our guest for tonight? Uh, yes. Yes. Ah, I'm right here. Good. I had you twice, and Tommy twice, and... Good. This is Sean Fowler, our guest, and he is 32 years old, and he was born in Clearwater, Florida, and uh, now you live in Simpson, South Carolina, and uh, you've talked with me and uh, Mad just for a second before, or no? You did just for a moment, but that was off off radio. Is that right, Sean? Uh, yeah, off. but I'd say it was for pretty. It was pretty long time because then Tommy came on and. We all started talking. Okay, okay. Well, uh, I'm excited about having you tonight because I haven't really done any uh, real interviews with people that haven't already done a book or been a speaker or in the MUFON or something like that. Very few, unless they're in the metaphysical world. So this is sort of cool for everybody out there that's going to be listening. Uh, We've got uh, something strange is going on because I got connected uh, with a girl last night, and she thought I called her, and I thought she called me because I said, "Well, how long have we been friends on Facebook?" <laughs> and she, she says, "Tonight." I said, "Wait, didn't you didn't you just call me?" She says, "No, you called me." I was like, "What?" Because I said, "What's up?" Because I saw her bubble on my phone. So these are very confusing times. But and I just looked and I had to add her as a friend of mine on Facebook. So I don't know what's going on folks. E. T. stuff is happening. So we're gonna talk tonight. A mad painter, real quickly, please give them an idea of who you are and what you do for us and our ACO UFO Association and all these associations we've got working with us, please introduce um, yourself. I'm the general manager of ACO. Uh, American Communications Online and uh, a host uh, in several places. Uh, I'm an artist. I'm an author. Uh, just completely in, enjoy talking with people and learning new new facts. Awesome. Uh, That's about, about Tommy, sums me up. <laughs> Tommy, introduce yourself and let everybody know who you are, please. Take yourself off mute, though. Mr. Hawk's blood in Hawaii. <laughs> Not again. Are we going to have trouble this week? 
Okay. Well, Tommy's here, folks, and his he's turned on, but uh, he's over in Hawaii, and they've been having, like, bad weather over there, but I can't hear him. I'm going to put you back on mute, Tommy. I'll try again in a few minutes. All right. Well, at least you can hear me, and I don't know what's happening with uh, – sometimes I see two of Tommy and two of Sean and two, some of Mad and sometimes – so there's something – going with like two kind of networks coming in. This one down here comes best on Medium, Mediacom and AT&T. Ahmed, are you in the ATT land over there on your income? Or on I'm on Mediacom. Me too. Okay, well, they're, they, they're using their contract. Yeah, and I'm, I'm getting a poor connection. Okay. I'm, well, I'm going to hang up and call you right back. I'm getting a poor connection. Okay. <laughs> so he'll be calling right back in. So let's try Tommy one more time, Sean. We're going to get going here in a minute. Sean, uh, all right, Tommy, can we? Tommy. Can you hear me now? Oh, now you're yes, on and he's off. <laughs> okay, I'm I can on hear and you. he's off. Okay. Now, now you go. Okay, so you talk. <laughs> go ahead, Tommy. All introduce right. yourself. Greetings, Tommy Hawksbud here, calling from the Big Island of Hawaii, getting prepared for two major storms that are supposed to hit us in the next couple of days. Uh, one's getting washed down to something else, but the other one's still a big hurricane. So we'll see what happens over the next three days if Hawaii gets hit hard or not. But greetings, okay. everybody. Uh, I, I just okay. want to say hi. I'm doing good today. Uh, we have rain coming in already, but we'll see what happens in the next two days. And Tommy's been with us seven years as has a mad painter with the ACO Association since June 3rd, 2012, with T.J. Mars ET Radio. Well, if uh, and we're trying to get uh, Kelly, uh, Kimberly O'Connor on, but uh, Sean, we're going to get back to our guest. Now, Sean, we really appreciate you being here, and the three of us have been working together for at least seven years, and we don't know how many past lives before that. <laughs> <laughs> but where would you like to start, being that you're the youngest, all right? And we we sort of teased it a little bit, remember, a couple of weeks ago, telling them about your uh, starting with uh, sound, and we didn't get any farther than that. We You teased us a little bit with getting over into the, I guess, New Jersey or uh, Camp Hero, Wanakee or something. But uh, So you grew up in... Uh, Florida. How'd you wind up up there in New York? Let's go back. No. You went to school in Clearwater? I was, no. I was born in Florida, um, and the woman who I was given to was not my birth mother. Um, and we had moved to New York when I was one years old. Um, okay. And uh, there was a lot of uh, stuff that took place. Um, I could tell that my uh, father did not like the situation at all. Um, I was very, very abused uh, as a child, um, sexually, mentally, emotionally, psychologically, um, you name it, it was going on. Um, I remember, you know, having, you know, being brought, I had you know, went to preschool and kindergarten. I started at a school on an air base out on the eastern end of Long Island by the name of uh, Gabreski um, Air Force Base in West Hampton Beach, Long Island, New York. Um, and I have memories of sitting in circles 
and it was weird. There were no there were no uh, desks. There was nothing. It was like this just was like a a room we were in, and there would be a woman that would come in, and I, I want almost want to say that she was from some kind of like special organization. Because, see, I believe in these programs as being, you know, um, with the MK Ultra, uh, you know, there's hidden things like handlers, um, you know, uh, teachers, um, nurses, um, you know, you name it. And this was so the guidance counselor came and grabbed me, and this other woman was with her. And I have memory of her telling me to shut my mouth and to just keep walking. And if I opened my mouth when they were done doing what they were doing to me, that I would be sorry. And they brought me through. It was a long hallway. And I remember it like, like, like it was today. There were two doors, and you walked through these two doors, and there was a medical unit right across. You walked in the medical unit, and when you walked in there, I remember seeing people at desks and, you know, um, other military officials, and um, there was another room, and inside that room there was a door. And now when you walk through this room and go into this door, there's a staircase that goes deep down into an underground area where um, there was about, I want to say, four to five different rooms. And they would bring me in these rooms, and they would question me and ask me, um, how would you feel about suicide? if you went and killed yourself today, how would your family feel about that? Um, so what I look at this as being as they were trying to program the suicide program in my mind. So I would wake up later on in life and want to die or kill myself. Um, and, you know, I remember being beat. I remember being tortured. Um, I remember them playing movies over and over, songs over and over, to basically, you know, program my mind to distract me. Now, there was the rape, you know, with 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 my my uh, handler, who I thought was my mother. You know, to skip ahead a little bit, 32 years old, I find out that this woman is not my actual biological mother, and I'm like, whoa, like, where did this come from? And she confirmed and told me that yes, I did put you through programming. I did it for the money. She had drug addiction. Um, I remember, you know, being beat by different, you know, drug dealers that would come inside the home. Um, It it just got, it got crazy. It got crazy. And she awareed me of my first um, ET experience. I was a baby. 
I I don't know the exact age. She wouldn't get into details with me because every time she'd try to get into details with me, she'd start crying. And, oh, I can't talk about this. I can't talk about this. And I'd be like, why can't you talk about this? I want to know what's going on. I want to know. And she would totally shut down. Um, I'd be homeless on the streets. Um, not now, no place to live. So I turned to gangs, and I became affiliated with a gang. And from then on, I was a troubled kid. So I was always in the streets. So it was easy access to grab me up, take me to an underground base, experiment on my mind, split my mind, reprogram my mind, um, and split it off into different altars. Um, and I I, I uh, spoke to you about how I would feel like these vibrations in my body, um, different things, and it was just a rough, rough, rough bringing up. Um, I, I remembered Christmases. Everybody else would get Christmas, but I wouldn't. Um, I was told to sit outside um, in the cold. Um, nobody, you know, wanted anything to do with me. Um, so I feel like this was a total, like, you know, I, she was injected into my life um, so I could be, you know, used in experimentation. Um, and, yeah, uh, it got pretty intense um, back in 2014 is where I got really, really um, a downhill slope for me. I had, <clears throat> I was sitting there with a couple of friends. We were having a couple of drinks. I went inside. Now, mind you, I had one 24-ounce can of uh, Budweiser. And I went in the house, and all of a sudden, I blacked out. That was it. And I woke up on the couch the next day, covered in sweat. Um, my ears, it felt like I was at, like, a high altitude. Like, they literally popped. I got up. I didn't know what to do. I was shaking. So the first thing I did was, is of course, I reached into the fridge and got a beer. And I went into the mirror, you know, drank my beer, looked at myself in the mirror, and all of a sudden, I had, like, a slideshow. And that slideshow was, like, I was laying on a bench, a metal bench, and I remembered them actually, these ETs, um, I'd like to call them the Greys, which, you know, I, I honestly, me truthfully, for whoever believes that, you know, these alien races are good and they're here to help us, no. No, they're not. This this planet is being destroyed left and right. Um. And they uh, put a triangular mark on me, and I saw this in the slideshow. So I pulled my shirt off, and sure enough, that triangular mark was on my body. 
And from that point on, I, uh, you know, a lot of people who deal with mind control, MKUltra, um, you know, they develop, you know, obsessive, you know, you get very obsessive with things. Um, uh, then I started drinking heavily. Um, I couldn't stop drinking. I couldn't stop drugging. Um, I got myself, you know, in a lot of trouble. Uh, I believe that it was all supposed to happen. They wanted it to happen. They wanted to see me suffer. Um, so I, you know, was digging in and digging in and digging in, and I woke up and I went to the computer and I looked at my Facebook and I saw that very tower and it said Montauk. And I said, Montauk. And I didn't even remember where Montauk was. Now, mind you, I've spoken to other people, friends of mine, and they have told me, yeah, bro, you know, the schools used to bring us. And, you know, I, I don't I don't know how true it is because of the, the timing. I might have slipped through, you know, like the 2020 back type thing. I, I don't I, – I, I have no recollection. I just know that for a long time I would lay my head in my pillow at night, not be able to sleep, total insomnia. Um, it, it was – you know, I would cry my eyes out. Um, I uh, uh, tried uh, to commit suicide on several occasions, um, so I ended up deciding, okay, I'm going to go, and I'm going to be brave, and I'm going to go see what's going on. Now, mind you, I didn't even need directions to this place. Me and a friend, we got in the car, and we just drove straight out to Montauk, and I said, make this right, make this left, make this right. And then make this left, and all of a sudden, bam, right in front of me was that tower. So my friend looks at me, and he says, bro, he says, I feel like I've been here before. I don't know if this is a good idea. I feel like I might get, we might get taken. And I said, taken? He said, yeah, taken. And... I said, nah, man, I'm going in there, and I'm going to see what's going on. And I went in there, and, I mean, when I went inside the tower itself, I went to the actually all the way to the top of the tower. Now, my friend claims that we got taken, and I had no memory of this. I totally blacked out, missing time. My cell phone started acting up. Um, it said one time, his phone said another time. It was very, like, paranormalish. Like, I felt uh, I was trapped um, in, like, a time warp, um, and there was no getting out of it. All of a sudden, I'm sitting by the tower. I look up at the tower, and I look at my friend, and I'm laughing as we're about to leave, and I looked through one of the gates, and there's a black car, and it looked almost like an original, like, type vehicle that the CIA would be driving. 
And all of a sudden, when I looked up at the tower, I felt a strike on my head. And I fell to the ground. And I started spinning out. And I started having memories of underground bases and of being chained to walls and having my head dumped in water to the point of almost death um, and then them bringing me back and telling me that they are God and that they are going to help me. Um, sometimes this gets to be a little touchy for me, um, this subject, because it's a uh, it's I still deal with trauma today to this day. I know I, I don't believe that any of us that have been through this will ever fully, fully heal. Um, I believe that this is a lifetime healing process. And I just started having really weird things start happening to me. Um my brain would start like it would I, I electronics would go off. Um, you know, I walk past the light switch, all of a sudden the lights would go out. Um, sometimes the cell phone, like before, my phone was acting funny before I got on the show. Um, it wouldn't, it wouldn't power on. Um, it was giving me problems. But as soon as I put the charger in the wall and I put the phone charger into the actual phone itself. The phone went right on. So I, you know, I, I'm not going to sit here. I'm not going to give you a Corey Good story. I'm not going to give you an Emery Smith story. I'm not going to give you a James Rink story. I'm going to give you a Sean Fowler story. Um, I'm not going to give you a delusional story of remembering that I was on another planet and I was doing this and I was doing that. Because in all actuality, when you go through these programs, they do not want you to fully remember what you've went through. They want to fill your head, fill, fill your head with stuff that is not true. And I learned that in 2014 coming out and getting on radio shows and putting out information due to the fact that I went to an amateur for a regression and I ended up getting even more screwed up in the head and it you know if I can advise anybody you know about regression or hypnotherapy you find somebody who has been you know working in that field so to speak is regression hypnotherapy um, you find somebody that knows what they're doing. You don't find somebody that does it on a YouTube video because they want 50,000 views or they want 25,000, whatever it is. I'm going to call a spade a spade, and that's that. And if people like what I say, they like what I say. If they don't like what I say, it really doesn't matter to me because I know my truth. And I know what happened to me. And it was disgusting, the stuff that happened to me, being raped at 10 years old by four boys, questioning my own sexuality, still questioning my own sexuality, and having a child and still thinking about this 
on a daily basis, having to deal with that, having to deal with the the real bit of trauma, not sitting on a talk show and telling you I've been to space and I've done this and I've done that and I've done this and I've done that and script the whole thing out. I'm not going to do that. Sean, are are you actively seeking help or uh, I mean, have, have you gone uh, yes, through any actually, kind of psychotherapy? Um, actually, um, <clears throat> uh, somebody I'm going to be working with, Nori Love from Agi Nost. Uh, that's his uh, uh, co-host. I was just on their show last night. Um, she's going to start regression with me, um, and. Uh, you know, I don't trust doctors. I don't trust people like that in regular hospitals. Well, they're, or, they're pretty reputable people. I, I can vouch for them. I, I mean, I don't know them personally, but I know their reputation, and I've talked to Augie a couple times. Oh, no, 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 no. Them I will work with. I'm talking about just your average psychiatrist that you walk in, and if you say that, they'll end up putting you in a, you know, a padded room. Well, I'm, I'm yeah, glad Augie. you uh, try and get something taken care of here. We we do need to help uh, people, and uh, uh, healing is you know you know I mean once you you can uh, deal with this, then you can really help other people too. You know. Of course, absolutely. Tommy or TJ. Somebody got cut off. Uh, they're probably talking on mute. <laughs> I'm uh, me You're talking about me. <laughs> yeah. No. <laughs> you got any thoughts or comments, Tommy? No, I'm just listening. It's the first time I heard his story, so I don't know much about it. Yeah, we just touched on it a little bit the other night, and that was it. And, uh, I, I find it uh, uh, very intriguing that he's he's coming out and actually uh, uh, looking for uh, closure, you know. And uh, th- this is what we need. We need people to step forward and and tell us what's going on because people who don't have this happening to them have got no clue what kind of an emotional problem this causes people. Well, my friend Sergeant Eighteen. Uh, he was brought out to the Montauk Project. He was sat in the chair as well. Uh, and I know one other person who's in jail, and I don't want to talk about him. But, uh, yeah, they've been out there. They've been involved. With, he was taken when he was a little kid as well and put through this whole thing. They, I lived in Jersey, so, I mean, I was really close to it. But it was not a good thing. And everything they did was evil, if you want to call it anything. Uh, they were getting children from all over the world. I mean, Preston Nichols and Al Bielik, uh were involved with it, but Al Bielik, uh was more involved with the Montauk Project, I mean, the Philadelphia Experiment. Preston Nichols was involved with that because he went out there. He went into the base. He went in. They sealed it up with concrete once they closed it down. Uh, there was a lot going on there. I mean, the, the antenna, the satellite antenna they have there is still there. It's a super big thing on the tip of the island. But uh, I know they moved the base because I was out there and I saw it, the, the helicopters above me disappearing and everything. So I got involved with it. Not that I was pulled into the uh, <clears throat> workings of it like these people are. 
and it, and everybody I told I wonder what happened to him. <laughs> was that me or you? That was you. You just stopped talking. <laughs> oh, I have no clue what's going on. But uh, yeah, it's 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 not a good project, and luckily uh, they kind of closed it down as far as being on the tip of Long Island where it was. Uh, so yeah, Montauk is a beautiful place. I mean, it's a great. It's one of the most. It's probably the best fishing places in the world. They get every kind of fish through there, uh, uh, swordfish, sharks, you name it. Uh, they get bluefish, striped bass, and all the other kind of weak fish and stuff that come through there as well. So, yeah, it's one of the most populated places in the summer and even parts of the winter for fishing. But as far as the Montauk Project, uh, very few people even care out there. If you try to talk to people about it, they have no clue what went on, where it is, what it was, or anything. Can you hear me now? I can. Finally. All right. Ken Johnston, can you hear me? Ken's here, too. Ken, yes, I can hear you hear me? I hear you loud, loud and clear. Oh, good. Okay. Well, let's get the rest of the show going here so Sean can meet everybody. Everybody, this is Ken, Ralph Kennedy Johnston, Senior, he goes by Ken Johnston. You may know him uh, in his uniform at some of the events, but this is Ken Johnston, and he's over in, around Albuquerque, New Mexico. So, Ken, introduce yourself to our new guest, Sean Fowler, and uh, everybody out there. I've got a lot of new people listening to us on Facebook, some of your friends, Ken. So introduce yourself, and then we'll let you get to know Sean. Tell him about your regression experience. Go ahead, Ken. Okay. Sure, be glad to. Actually, the um, best way to say it is that back in 19, well, 1962, I went to the Marine Corps, and I, I got out uh, in 68. At the same time, no, 66, um, NASA was really looking for um, uh, engineers and scientists and what have you, and uh, my brother was working for NASA as, uh, directly, and he says, you need to get yourself from um, Vandenberg Airport, no, down, down to uh, Houston. Oh, gee. Yeah. And uh, get out to the um, Johnson Space Center. They had just changed it from the Manned Spacecraft Center to Johnson Space Center because of Kennedy's assassination. So, anyway, um, I've been um, um, really in, involved, but then uh, been kept secret for a very long time. In, involved, I'm, I was one of the four civilian astronauts. I was with the Grumman Aerospace Corporation. Uh, that built the lunar modules, and uh, I, we substituted for the regular NASA astronauts in testing the lunar module and, uh, with Grumman in the vacuum chambers to be sure everything worked right, and then we helped train the regular NASA astronauts how to do that. I worked uh, over in the lunar receiving laboratory to catch the guys coming back from the moon and helping keep track of all of the samples and events that took place there. Um, I was right in the middle of all the activities, and... Um, then I was being taken off to um, Denver, Colorado, and then uh, on up to um, uh, Seattle, Washington, to go to work for the Boeing Corporation as a, as a 737 flight instructor. Put in my time for retirement from uh, Boeing and um, wound up running into um, – uh, for a long time, you know, you, you're with the secrets and top secret clearances. You keep your mouth shut on everything, and then finally – 
uh, after decades, you realize that other people have come forward, and there's no reason that you should have to keep um, the things that you're involved in. Um, you might as well come forward because that's the only way the rest of the world is going to find out what has been going on and realize that the, there really is such a thing as extraterrestrials. Yes, we really have gone to uh, Mars ahead of time. Yes, Neil was not the first one to get to the moon, and all of these things. And then, of course, I get I get attacked verbally uh, from people like uh, James Oldberg and the others that try to discredit me a hundred percent. But yet, I have all the documents, records, and proof, and everything uh, that I say that I'm I was smart enough to keep the the records that we sent back and forth between each other and, and the government. Anyway, so I wind up um, now. Um, trying to be sure we get the, the truth out because we as an intelligent species on the planet Earth are now in the position where we're ready to come forward and start having direct contact with extraterrestrials that uh, the public can deal with. And so you're, we're really dancing around on the edge of, of uh, reality and what's false and what's true and trying to get it to the point where we all know what, what's going on and we can then um, mature as an intelligent species in this universe. I guess that's probably a mouthful of information. And I'm right now I'm working with CJ and uh, some of the others here with the uh, ACO club and seeing if we can't um, make this work real good for those that have been keeping quiet for fear that the only way you can solve and handle this is if you do come forward and uh, get the, the truth and the information out the world. So, I, I hope that's a good enough introduction. That that's Ken Johnston Senior. Okay. Thank you, Ken. And Ken and Tom, uh, Tommy and a mad painter, which is Thomas Becker, will be helping us uh, in the 2020 year. Where to, with all of you that may be interested in joining us for whatever reason, good, bad, or indifferent, and we may be talking about that some more with uh, everybody. It looks like everybody will have a place and had different experiences, uh, and uh, we'll get uh, Kimberly O'Connor in the last hour here. Well, Sean Fowler, back to you. Anything else that you would like to uh, share uh, that you think have any of your own suspicions? Or Because you said in 2014 you actually became aware of uh, putting stuff together, and that was after James Rink or something, but... Tell us how that 2014 <laughs> awareness changed your life and what avenue that sent you on. Because I'm going to get Kimberly O'Connor. She had a story to tell, but uh, she wants to come on at the last uh, in a little while. And she's in Ohio. But I, I just, it's some kind of ET energy going on because I didn't know her. She thought I, it's hard to explain. She was a bubble on my phone, and I thought, I asked her how long we've been together on Facebook, and she said, just tonight. So I told Sean Fowler, I just sort of typed to him to let him know something was going on. There's something going on, Sean. I'm not sure what, but all of a sudden, you found me, and I want to talk a little bit about Barry Gaunt, because Barry has my uh, one of my original books where I was collecting all this information and doing a little channeling myself, trying to put my spiritual path together. But uh, I, I'm trying to figure out why we're all meeting. Uh, there's got to be a reason because we've all had experiences. But uh, I'd love you're the youngest, so give me your idea of what's happening and why. You know where you want to start. 2014, Barry Gaunt. Just give us your little 
pass there. Well, I <clears throat> I didn't know uh, Barry Gunn in 2014, um, but what had happened was is when I had that regression done, whatever was I don't know the intentions behind it, um, but um, you know all these you know, quote unquote, super soldiers, um, you know, and I look at that word and I say to myself, now that I know, because uh, I dealt with a lot of satanic stuff as well. Um, I uh, sold my soul. I had to resend that contract. Um, And even now, after selling my soul, and, you know, finally coming back to Sean and not these other, you know, allowing these other entities or spirits or whatever you want to call it, um, you know, because this is beyond a rude dimension. You know, um, it, it's just it, it, my life became crazy. It became um, my first marriage did not work out. Um, and it, and it's funny. Um, I, I don't really listen to the individual. I tried to talk to him. He would not talk to me. Um, he wanted a hundred dollars for a 20 minute conversation, Mr. Stuart Swerdlow. Um, and he would not talk to me. Uh, so I was just digging around and I was like, you know, trusting everybody and, you know, not everybody's intentions, I feel, are such for the good. Um, I also bring the, I also believe that, um, you know, uh, the super soldier's goal also, like we talk about the Bible, um, it speaks in the Bible on, you know, certain things. Like if you allegorically read the Bible, you know, on your own understanding of it, it basically speaks about everything that's going on right now on planet Earth. And we're headed for destruction. Like Barry Gaunt had said to me on the radio show that we did, he said, it's a battle between the good and the evil. And what the super soldiers are trying to do a lot of them who are still manipulated um, and not trying to get help and still, you know, on the air, filling the air with, you know, stuff that might be true, might not be true. They don't have full evidence. I'll be honest. I don't have full evidence, but it's what comes from inside of me. And I do know that I was possessed for two years. Um I was possessed by the demon of confusion, um, and this demon confused me so much that I destroyed everything. I have not been able to hold a job. I have not been able to be, you know, that good of a people person at times. Um, I could be happy one minute, sad the next minute. And, you know, I believe that these implants that they place inside of us can actually cause the feelings that we go through, Um, like anger, um, despair, um, 
you know, uh, self, self-loathing. Um, you know, uh, I feel like I was groomed a part of my life. I was being groomed. You know, funny thing is, is around 2014 because my, uh, <clears throat> she called herself my mother and, and it disgusted me and, you know, uh, but I, uh, allowed an individual to move in with me who ended up being what I call a super, uh, satanic super soldier, like, um, totally into Satanism. Um, it tried to invoke Max Spears in my basement, um, after he did that, people fell down. One person fell down the stairs, uh, broke their neck. Um, as I was trying to cleanse my home, weird things were taking place. I was having outer body experiences. I was doing outer body, uh, you know, um, right on 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 videos on YouTube that I eventually deleted. I got rid of it because it just was like. I was playing in the devil, what I call the devil's den. I was, you know, uh, you know trying to, you know, get these powers. Um, and this individual ended up, it, it got so bad that I got, I, I, I blacked out on him and I... I uh, threatened somebody's life. You okay? Drop the phone. I'm still here. Okay, good, Ken. <laughs> well... I guess uh, we lost Sean. Telling him. What's that? Well, you're back. <laughs> okay. We lost you there for a minute, Sean. You okay? See, yeah, I get messed with on I get yes, I get messed with on a regular basis. Uh military oh, keeps okay. um you know, uh sitting cars just sitting in front of my driveway. Well um, they know you're I'll go being... to this they know I'm watched story. on a regular basis. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Um, so you're a person, you're a public figure now because you've done radio shows. And uh, when when was the first time you made a public appearance on the radio waves, not to mention uh, just in life? I'm just talking, you know, like being social networking, Facebook or any of that. Because you were on military bases apparently or remember have some memories as a child. But we can't really know that well, only because you've told us. So now I'm trying to, you know, put the picture in my head. Where did these guys start showing up? Is it due to you being a public figure on radio shows or what? Well, I uh, once again back in 2000. This was about 2015. I'm sitting at my house. I get a phone call from a host that was running the Ryan Show in East Hampton, New York. Um, which is not too far off from Montauk. 
And, uh, you know, the first time I went, everything was good, you know, beers, we were hanging out, talking, enjoying, you know, um, I've explained my experience. The second time I get called for, you know, an interview, the White Mountain Boys show up. And this is a group that is underneath the uh, military, um, and they threatened me. In person. Are they a militia? Are they? Are you? Um, please, uh, I'm sorry since you evoked that thought in my head and others on radio waves. What does that mean? Because I lived in Kentucky and I saw sort of what you described over in Missouri one night when I was truck driving cross country. A bunch of guys met at a at a you know place and started getting guns out of the back of their car and I was just driving through. <laughs> <laughs> is that what you're talking? You know, so tell me what you no, mean. they that's what were I'm basically uh, on the show, just sitting there, and I felt like I was like something. They were trying to do something, you know, like they were, you know, trying to scare me. Um, well, it sounds like a band, you know. I'm, I'm trying to find it in my head what you mean by white mountain boy. It's like, you know, I know. Well, look them up on the internet. It's in that easy. It's that easy. Really? Look them up on the internet. White mountain boys. Yes, look them up on the internet. It's that easy. Okay. They're out of, uh, you know, um, I want to say upstate New York. What the hell are they doing all the way in East Hampton from upstate New York? And they have military boots on. Oh, that they are a band. They they're a musician music band group? That's who you're talking about showed up on the same radio with you? No, 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 no. These men were were no. They Oh, okay. <laughs> No. There's no, the White no. Mountain Boys group. <laughs> See, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. When you say White Mountain Boys, uh, well, what you does know, that mean? It's, 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 it's a music you know, you gotta just, it, Well, there's other things involved, too. So, what do you, you mean know, colloquially? Maybe. Give us an idea. Is it just some guys that showed up with a macho type of – you know, I mean, we can picture uh, mafia because we watch movies. <laughs> but what do you mean by White Mountain Boys? Like country talking or – well, just, first of all, after the show, when I got back to my house, there were three SUVs blocking my driveway that were black-on-black -black SUVs um, right after I did the interview on the show um, live. And then yeah. another time, yeah, then another time I went, I went again like an idiot, and another time there was um, – a woman or two or three women from the Air Force that were sitting there, and they had the snottiest attitudes, and uh, you know, they were trying to discredit me right there. Um, really? Just because you're on a yes. radio show? Yeah. Wow. I, well, yeah. I mean, you know, they, they, I, I, I mean, I've been followed. I, I've walked into stores, you know. Where it seems every time I talk about this, like I could go to the gas station tonight, go grab a pack of cigarettes or whatever, and next thing you know, they're inside the store and they're watching me. I get wow. watched on a regular basis. I don't know why. Um, it, it just something. Well, maybe they, you've they been assigned to speaking. a group. 
sounds like you're in a study group of some time. Do you mind if uh, you give me some of the ideas that maybe you've researched besides the white boy band group or the white boys? Give me some ideas. I mean, you think it's something to do with your childhood that you told us about in New Jersey or what? Long Island. Long Island. TJ. Yeah. All right. No, uh, I've been around a couple of people that in the Montauk Project were involved with it at some level. Uh, okay. It's the most hushed UFO story that that exists in the United States. It's the most covered up event that happened. Very few people talk. I know Peter Moon has a lot of books. He talked about it. He talked about the Montauk Project. But he was dealing with Preston Nichols, and I think Preston Nichols was spaced out. So a lot of the truth was really twisted. But uh, going further back when I was younger and then involved with people, and, and I saw the Hershey Was Monster that the Ford ex- story? Did Wait, you want to tell story? Sean about the – yeah, he may know about it, Sean. I don't know where we're getting this. these people watching you, but I'd love to let's investigate that a little bit, Sean, if you don't mind. You know what I mean? To investigate. You you, do you know anything Sean. about John Ford, Sean? Um, no, I, I know that he was, uh, working in a Supreme court that was, uh, in Riverhead, Long Island, um, for a while. Um, I have a friend where I guess something to do with putting, uh, he had a UFO case and they showed up and they looked into the case and, this guy won't talk about it, but then he was telling me about how John, something, somebody, or I don't know if it was John Ford, but something with the toothpaste, and it was a oh, joke. Oh, yeah, so or, uh, all right. Right. You're smart, so they're waiting for you. Okay, I know what your part is in this story. All right. I mean, at least for me, I was finding a place to put you. But, yeah, you're like a bait and hook or bait and switch. <laughs> So people will be watching you to see what happens next. I've been there, done that. I've been in your position. It's no fun. But, no. You know, that's, <clears throat> Not at all. But keep going. Well, keep going with how you see it because you're doing a pretty good job of hanging in life. And Tommy's grown through it 30, 40 years of this. So I'm glad that you guys got to talk. All right. Well, continue with your story then. I've, I've got chill bumps. I'm just going to let you know on my skin. You know what that is, right? Goosebumps. <laughs> Chicken skin. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. I got the creepies. Well, uh, yeah, I just, my brain just buzzed right now. It's weird. It's, I just got white for some reason. Yeah, it um, does. However, um, I do know that? that he's in the Mid-Hudson um, Psychiatric Center for the Criminally Insane. Um, and uh, I do know that he's not convicted of anything. Um, they need to release the man. Um, you know, I mean, we got so much stuff going on. We got Uncle Sam's Snuff Factory in Texas where adrenaline chrome and, you know, uh, super stars drinking people's blood and eating children and eating humans. And, you know, this, this girl, Katie Groves, speaks about it in her video. And I post these videos, and it seems that Facebook, every time I post these videos, I get threats. I, <laughs> I get threats. Um 
but it was pretty really ironic how when I was on the Gar- Barry Gaunt's uh, uh, interview with Barry Gaunt and uh, Eric Mitchell, a base from Clearwater texted him, and we were on Blog Talk, and told him to tell Sean and Eric to keep quiet. And then Barry claims that he looked out his window and there were cars near his driveway. After we all got booted, (laughs) after we all got booted off, uh, Eric went off the air. I went, uh, Eric went off the air real quickly. We had 35 minutes left on the show and I ended up, the whole show ended up getting cut off. Blog Talk, it just completely cut us off. Thank you for being on Blog Talk. Goodbye. And that was it. And that's when Barry Gaunt and Eric spoke, and I got the call from Barry, and he was telling me about the it was something with a U.S. Coast Guard doctor, and it was coming from a base in uh, Clearwater, Florida, and they were texting him on his phone, and he said his phone literally flew off the table, like. I don't know, just flew off the table. Yeah, it's a strange. And uh, funny thing is, is right, Barry got sick for a little while there, and he just contacted me. And when I told him I was on your radio show, um, I'm gonna be on your show. He was like, "Oh, TJ's good people." And um, so now, you know, that's funny. And he, I sent him the you know, the the memo. Um, and yeah. he was like, wow, that's cool. Yeah. So <laughs> it's funny. Maybe if there is him. some connection here, maybe there is yeah. some kind of connection here. I don't know. This is why I want to go through a regression and, you know, hypnotherapy and, you know, and continue like this right here is very therapeutic talking with people that have been through and have had experiences that I might hear something that might help me or who knows, I might say something that might help somebody else. I don't know, but I'm not going to put out fake stuff. I'm going to just speak from my heart. Well, good for you, Sean. Yeah. I appreciate you saying that Barry, uh, Said I was good people because I believe the same thing about him. He and I, uh, you, have, you haven't seen Bear, have you? Uh, he's one of the few no, people I've that have been with pictures. me on this planet. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, when he stood next to me, is he made me feel like a midget, and I'm five eleven, folks. And this guy must be six six or six seven or, I don't know, he's one of the big. I mean, and he's big, but I mean, he's not just tall, thin, like a basketball player. This man, but when I knew him, he was huge. I understand he's lost some weight, but man, you talk about and sweet. Oh my God, you know why they call him Bear? But Bear, well, I think it was for Barry Gaunt, Barry, you know. And uh, anyway, good man. He was the uh, executive director assistant for Mutual UFO Network when I joined uh, for the first time ever. I felt brave enough because I'd had a, a truck accident, broke my neck and back, and couldn't speak and had to have my throat cut out and couldn't, I just went through a real bad thing, but he was, I got back on a motorcycle. It was after I told y'all about going through Nashville CMA, but I finally, my daughter down here, uh, where I'm at now in Gulf Breeze sent me a picture 
that something told her in her head to send me that picture of her going to work and catch it on her cell phone. She did, and when she sent it to me, she and I talked on the phone, and there was a, a UFO in it. And I used to try as an investigator for years, uh, not on with MUFON, but uh, as a real invest, a professional. What do I say about? It. I got paid as an investigator, as a legal uh, investigator, private investigator, you know. So uh, I had all this great equipment around, and uh, every time I'd try to take pictures through the years of my visitations, they would not take. So I was all excited. So that's how I gave it to Barry, and then I got visited that night by a black uh, triangle with red lights on it. It's called at midnight uh, and turned it into 911. So uh, Barry took my report for MUFON, and then Bigelow and him, uh, or he was telling me about Robert Bigelow, and all of a sudden black helicopters were coming over his house, and people in black cars came to his door. Anyway, he decided he didn't want to have nothing. He didn't know if it was MUFON or not, but he, uh, uh, the guy that was in charge for Kentucky got fired. And he's still a friend of mine, and so was uh, that was when James Carrion was president, and then uh, uh, Captain McDonald came in. They moved the office down to the line at Cincinnati, Ohio. But anyway, I talked to the captain. And I ordered my seventy-five dollar investigator book, but they were tearing it apart with Kathy Martin. And uh, anyway, it was a bad time. It was a real mixed-up time. I was writing for UFO Digest, and I got in real deep with alligators and people dropping my name in MUFON groups. And I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I just, for one year, you know, sent them my 59 or whatever and bought the $75 book. But I got in quick, deep. So Barry and I just sort of split and started the ACO Club. And he went down, and I, I went down. They were shooting a movie down at the Octagon. Uh, and they invited me, and I went down and got saw some Civil War soldiers soldiers out front and talked to a ghost horse and did all the paranormal stuff psychics do, so that was fun. And I think he stuck with it over there, but he's a really good person, and I'm glad that you uh, – I don't know how you hooked up with him, but uh, I'm glad you hooked up with me. You found me. But how did you find Barry? Could you tell me that? Was it on Facebook? <clears throat> well, yeah, I had contacted him um and we had spoke a few times um because uh Eric uh Mitchell who is another um abductee um and he works with a lot of people. Um well Bear was actually ran off the road and his he had problems with his legs and he remembers there were UFOs because he was going to um a Starborn support group uh, experiencers yeah. speak and um, he got ran off the road because he was going to uh, I guess present evidence of Eric Mitchell that's Eric's uh, investigator his private investigator yeah um, and they yeah yeah <laughs> Eric uh, me and Eric connected back in 2014 and Eric told me straight up he said I'm like a lie detector test. And he said, I know that you have had ET experiences along with other experiences. He says, you just got to take it down that path and see where you end up. 
yeah, you got to confront it head on. But some people don't remember or don't want to. I've had ups and downs with my own life story. A lot of pain, a lot of pain. And uh, it's you just do the best you can to keep going. And because I decided to take the high road, that's the only thing that keeps me really on the planet is hopefully doing this kind of work and forming this ACO club with Ken and Tommy and Ahmed. These guys are you know, going to prop me up, I hope, for three years and us, everybody else that's out there, good or bad. And some of them are mixed, whether they're real memories or feelings. They feel real to me, and everybody's got a story to tell. So I hope, uh, Sean, that you will get help and get a book written and, you know, stay with our group. We're, we all help each other write our stories, and, you know, we're all the author of our own life story. My mother died with that on her mind, and made sure I got my publishing company and my imprint thing up to do this kind of work. And she talked to, uh, not my handler, my friend, his name was Stanton T. Friedman. And she was so happy because she saw him on the television with Larry King and he called me to tell me about it because we were that close at one time and we were real tight. And she could, she's that the same Stan Friedman on the television. And I was going on ABC television being filmed, but they didn't use it because I did tell the truth and I did a good spiky reading and stuff on somebody. And uh, they chose not to use it. It was the truth. (laughs) But the uh, producers told me that they talked to New York and L.A., you know, both sides of the country, and they watched the film and said, wow. She told the truth, and she predicted the truth, and we knew the truth. So they gave me kudos for that, but they uh, put me up against a shaman out of Chicago on Wife Swap or something like that. So my producer that was working with me for UFO Publishing, uh, UFO Digest, he uh, he printed the picture of me on put Wife Swap, and then uh, my friend Janet Lesson got a copy and said, you were on Wife Swap? I was like, almost. They did a film, but they left it in the can. But, you know, they I'm going to tell you something, uh, Sean. They had me looking up at night at the sky and pointing and doing stuff that did not fit in with what I was doing. So I found that really interesting because uh, wow. I did do UFO work. Yeah. I mean, but it was – I wasn't like uh, – I was writing for UFO Digest, but I wasn't, like, doing radio yet. And I just uh, finally agreed to do Kevin Smith's show. And he died. And uh, Dirk Vanderplug, the guy with UFO Digest, he died. And uh, my husband died. And I'm still here. My daughter just died. She was on my radio show and came out as a ET hybrid. And was a real good psychic reader. But she just died, so I don't know why they're keeping me here except to do what we're doing now, Sean. What do you feel wow. in your highest self that you feel like you're hanging on for a reason to help others? Because there probably is good and bad. In my life story, there's both good aliens and bad aliens, just like humans. You can be standing next to a human, and they can be just as alien as anybody because I happen to know they look just like us. I also know about the grays. I know about the ones that are... My husband uh, told me the story of how they went to a planet because he asked. I never asked this because I had memories in the past with Tommy here, past life, and coming down to Tibet and 
it's a long story, and I don't want to get into it. But the main thing is that you know that there are some of us that have had good and bad um, things happen, and we just live with it. Do you mind if I try to call uh, this girl because I think she's going to help us too? Uh, Sean, do you care if I see if I can get? Uh, I'm gonna let you talk, Not and I'll, I'll see if I. Her name, she's brand new, and uh, there's something to do with you and Barry and her and me, but uh, she told me to try to get her. So let me, uh, folks, hold on. I don't know how this is going to work. I've never done this before. Uh, I don't know if I can. Let's see, because she and I could not, I don't know how we got in touch with each other, and I can't call her, and she apparently can't call me. She tried to get in earlier, and they wouldn't let her in. Uh, She says, anyway, we'll hear what her story is. Let's see if if it'll let, even let me. I'm gonna try it, Sean. She's, Sean, she doesn't know anything about you or me, or Hello? Ken or anyone. Uh, is this Kimberly? Kimberly? Yes, it is. Yes. Kimberly. Okay, you're yes. live on the air. This is Teresa J. Morris with Sean Fowler, a mad painter, Ken. Johnston and Tommy Hawk's Bloods, all men except me and you. Now we're equal. But uh, Kim- <laughs> hello, everybody. Kim- Kimberly, this is Sean Fowler and my team of men in the ACO Club or the ACO UFO Association, trying to get all these stories together. But uh, Sean and you just showed up in my life, and I want to know what this is about. But what's so funny? Uh, uh, Sean, I told everybody this for the record. Uh, Kimberly, what's your idea of how we met last night? You're a bubble on my phone, is what I thought. And I ask you how long we've known each other. But you tell me well, what you know. All I know is that you send me a friend request, but you doesn't. You, but you said that you didn't, and that's how this got started. And I don't take anybody in as a friend that doesn't have the same. Um, interest as I do because I don't see a purpose for it. <laughs> I don't have time. Okay. Uh, Sean, <laughs> would you, this is uh, Kimberly. And Kimberly, this is Sean Fowler. Sean, can you hear hi. her? Can you say hi? Hi. How are you? All right, hon. How are you, bud? Uh, just living in the matrix. <laughs> like us, Like the rest of us. That's right. Well, the rest of us that are awoke. <laughs> yeah, that's true. And are trying Not to dig, dig it. Yep. Kimberly, can you tell Sean a little bit of what happened to you? He's, I know you you couldn't hear the show, could you, Kimberly? No, I didn't hear anything. All right. So, folks, you know what's going on. Kimberly has no idea. Sean has no idea. Uh, no, Tommy doesn't have any idea. Ken doesn't have any idea. And Amad just knows that I told him that she was coming on the show. Is that the way I understand Amad? You want to speak to her real quick? Say hi, and I'll let each of y'all, because I want her Good to evening. tell her story. With it. Good evening. <laughs> Good evening. Now, that's uh, Mad's voice. Now, Mad, what do you know about Kimberly? For the record, this is an interesting computer. Uh, nothing. Line. I have no. I have no clue about her. Just that you said she had connected with you on Facebook and was going to come and join us tonight. 
Okay. Ken, you don't know any of this is happening, do you? And I'm going to let Tommy speak to you, folks. This is important. I'm sitting back here uh, taking notes and trying to (laughs) see if I can put it all together. So let's go straight ahead. Okay, good. Tommy, I didn't tell you about Kimberly, and Tommy is the only one, him and Janet, in the last seven years that have been able to talk to me just about 24-7. I don't let anybody in on that, on my phones and in my inner circle, and a mad can tell you that, probably can, because I'm hard to get. Tommy will tell you, he can't even get me, he rings three or four phones of mine. Tommy, you don't know anything about Kimberly? Uh, No, I don't, because I I, I talked to you a lot, but I didn't talk to you about her at all. Okay. Uh, we're we're all ignorant. Fill us in, please. <laughs> we're all clueless in Seattle. <laughs> okay, so uh, Sean will have to call back in. Somebody dropped off, so I think that's his number. So, Kimberly, while you're talking, just tell us your story, and I'll try to get him back on here. Okay. Well, it goes back as it goes back as far as I can remember seeing um, when I was a like I want to say about three or four, uh, seeing what now I know to be a robot um, that looked like it was looking in the window. But the people that was taking care of me at the time, they were facing forward, and but there was no reaction, and I never forgot that. And then later on, this was back in the early 60s, and um, I had there was no record, there was no way of me knowing what it was. I was too little to know. It wasn't until later on in life that I learned exactly what I did see, you know, or it resembled. But um, all through life, I just nothing just seemed to fit. Everything just seemed out of. I, I just never fit in, out of place. Always looking for an answer. But I seen my first UFO when I seen when I was I want to say like about 14, 13, 14 years old, and it looked like the mothership. It was huge. It had the windows wrapped around, smooth bottom, and everything was metallic. Now at that time, I I mean I I had always been interested in the stars as a little kid, as a lot were. Same thing with dinosaurs, the constellations, whatnot. <clears throat> but there's there's just so much that goes on to this because uh, I started losing pregnant losing like losing my pregnancies early on in the trimesters, and when the doctors would check me, there would be no sign of ever being pregnant. When we know very well that I was, but. Um, and I know that I've been taken as well as my daughter that was five at the time was the first time that I looked over and I've seen her in the ship with me. And I had never I had never had a problem going before knowing fully well that, you know, I was not it was not here anymore. I was able to walk around the craft, sit up front as one of the crew. There's just a lot of aspects that go into this the, the story. I mean, to try to tell it all at one time is difficult. But 
I d- I've never had a bad experience other than the fact I was really pissed off about having my five-year-old being next to me, being examined as well. I mean, there was never any pain involved. There's no, none of that. You know, they was very nice and calming and everything, but I was my pillow was soaking wet in the morning when I woke up from screaming and crying, but nothing's vocal. Everything is telepathy. Everything's telepathic. If you want to talk, everything's telepathic. You you have no voice. There's no sound. And there's just I've lost, and I, I've lost several children. One of which they showed me, so I know that I have a hybrid children a child up there, at least one. And. I don't know. I just and I've seen so many different different types of ships and crafts since then, and the testing has uh, seemed to have stopped. But yet, there's I gained um, more of a, I guess, a clairvoyant uh, thing from this. More more of a sixth sense since this happened. I'm not sure what else you want me to, you know, where else you want me to go with this. You, you say at first you've seen a robot? When I was, I want to say like I was three or four, there was a robot that, sh- like a metallic robot that showed up in the window of the house, by the, on the outside of the house, yeah. I'll never, I never forgot that. And I always thought it was odd, but, and for some reason, I never said anything. Everybody was, and the, my, the people that was taking care of me was facing that window, but yet nobody said anything. And I was behind them playing, and I had seen it. And it was like it looked in the window. I know it sounds odd, but it's the truth. I have no reason to lie. Well, but it wasn't it until sound, later it on. It didn't sound odd to me. I was just curious, uh, you know. Uh, yeah, I didn't know what it was. Yeah, I didn't know what it was. Sorry. Yeah, it wasn't until later on in life when, you know, when the robots came out and and I I was more of an understanding of what it actually was. But still, my family was not one that you would go and be able to talk to or tell anything to, especially my mother. I I didn't have a upbringing like that. That's why I was raised by other people. But my finding and research on everything has been that this is a family generational issue. Not everybody in the family goes. They they um, track or keep tabs on at least two people in a family, of, a generation of each family. Well, not everybody, but certain ones. That's why I believe that not everybody's awakened for that reason, because not everybody is supposed to be. No, I don't believe half wow. people can handle it. <laughs> I think the ones of us that are awakened understand and have a better understanding because of, and I don't, well, I don't know. I can speak for myself as far as I have a better understanding on, um, I guess, the the agenda of the ones that I dealt with anyhow, because I get, like, when I'm talking, I get floods of information that I had, I would have had no other way of knowing other than by receiving. Wow, can you hear me? 
He hasn't come back yet. So. Can you hear me? I can, I can hear on? you. We can hear you, TJ. Oh, okay. Y'all are really quiet. This is a, quite a different show. Well, Sean, I don't know if you can hear me. I tried to call you on one of my other phones. Lord knows I've got enough of them. But uh, it says you don't have your voicemail set up, so I don't know if your phone ran out of juice or not because you had to plug it up to do the show. So, folks, I apologize. We can get Sean back. And he's talking to Tommy. So, Tommy, he may be uh, wanting to co-host some with you on to help other people. And he told me he was, you know, he's he's got a good open mind, and he's gone through a lot, and we've got a lot of people like that. And then some that haven't or don't remember bad things. I mean, I remember losing a baby and by a man that came to say, I want to have a baby with you. When I was a teenager, I'd just gotten married and man was just walking on the moon and uh, I got pregnant. Uh, While I had a daughter on April 3rd and she went full nine months. So you count back from April 3rd, 1970, and that's my Lauren Michelle Parrish daughter. And the one that just died was Ginger Teresa Fay Parrish, and their daddy worked at NASA, and uh, I had her by strange means. But uh, it's I don't I I know that women don't like to admit that they could be used for genetic reasons, and why would they want to come and try different ways? Because I had a talk with Stephen Bassett once with all the intelligence that he was collecting back. Uh, God, when was that? Years and years ago, Sean Bassett. Uh, but it had to be after 2007, 2008. Cause, Tommy, when were you and I talking with Knoxville? That's how long ago that I talked to Stephen Bassett. Oh, I don't even know. That was a while uh, ago. No, that, yeah, that was years ago. But uh, I wasn't in the business of being out until I got hurt. And I got hurt uh, 2003 and four. And that's when I, uh, I've had a, I've had a GoDaddy account in the internet business since then, August 2004. So this is what 19. So it'll be uh, what is that? Four from 19. 15 years that I've been public. Uh, wow, has it been that long? 2004. This is 2019. Yeah. You're right. I know. Is this- it is 2019, folks. You'll learn people like me, bilocators, have had several lives and come back and died and come back. And then I have past lives. Uh, we have, and it sounds funny because we're. I'm like, you know, Sean. You don't tell. You don't have to tell lies. Your life's crazy enough without it. Okay, to have done as many things as I've done. <laughs> but I've done a lot of things. Well, Kimberly, I'm glad you showed up. I put your name up with Sean, folks. I apologize. We'll have. Have Sean back, but he he did he called me. He said he wasn't gonna be able to make it tonight about three thirty. Then he was happy and excited to come on. Uh, so he he said they weren't gonna keep him from coming on because he felt like, you know, people don't want him to tell his story. So uh, he's out there telling his story wherever he can, and let's hope that he you know joins our association and uh, it's free to join, folks. Always has been, but we do have people that if they want to be members and help as volunteers. We uh, surely are set up for uh, donations and by volunteers only. And so if you want to help us, we're seven years into this and we're starting all over again as of today. This is the official day, so I'm glad Ken showed up. Ken, you're going to be our fleet commander for all these kind of 
stories, whether they're good, bad, or indifferent. But the Allied Command folks and Ken, the original Allied Command that I learned about, Allied Command, was in space. And uh, then they answered to the Supreme Allied Command, okay? So uh, I knew about the seven levels, the seven universes, dimensions, and the ten to some, twelve to others. And I've had all kind of arguments with people or debates. As Tommy, Tommy took it in high school. He, you can't beat Tommy Hawksblood. He's an excellent debater. <laughs> I didn't have it. I'm passive. So, But, you know, we all have a story to tell. And, Kimberly, you know, I, I know you're helping with a group. Tell us a little bit about your group and why you started it. It's a Facebook social media group, right? Yeah, it, it's on Facebook. It started out because I was joining groups, um, the you like different UFO groups, trying to tell my story. And at first, I was real shy about it. And then when I did start opening up about it and talking about it, I was really ridiculed severely. I mean, call it all kinds of names. Um, my daughter was, uh, you know, was being made fun of, you know, and I just went like off the chain because, you know. There's no reason for anybody to act like this, especially if you're out there trying to tell your story and letting people know that this is going on and to help others through their problems. Well, I I told that the group that I was leaving the group, and as soon as I left the group, I got all kinds of my phone got blown up because the people that was on that in that group at that time, they were notifying me about things and. That's how my 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 daughter, my son-in-law, actually told me that I need to open a group, and I named it Not So Paranormal because everything falls under that label of being paranormal, which we know is not true. It's more normal than not. <laughs> yeah, this tonight's under paranormal on blog talk because I don't know where to put us. So, yeah, that's the category, paranormal, but it says visibility public and uh you know sean is out telling his story and kimberly but the reason i was sort of uh shocked about you kimberly was when i asked you last night you were just a bubble on my phone my daughter i couldn't even hang up <laughs> folks i've got these iphones but i'm completely computer nerd i mean i i've always used a huge computer and I was trained in the government, and we had sun systems. I started on a K-Pro, taking it to train Navy people how to use a computer before I was sent to Hawaii. So I had to use my own you know, laptop, which back then was a big metal case you took everywhere with you. So I'm on a little laptop now running this board, but fortunately everything's like up in the cloud, and I'm pushing buttons and trying to catch everybody, but I had two boards on one. And there's things that happen in cyberspace I can't explain. But one of the things is I thought Kimberly uh, was on Facebook because her little face popped up. So I said, what's that? I saw, uh, but Kimberly, whatever happened, uh, you popped up first. So didn't I send – I think I sent you just a little – Sometimes if somebody pops up on my phone, I'll send them a little uh, something. But yeah, you sent me a friend it. request. You sent me a friend request, but you said you, that you didn't. <laughs> so, like I said, <laughs> we, had, we had similar interests. So that, like I said, that's the only reason that I accept anybody as for friendships because I, I don't have time to 
do everything. I can't stay on the phone like that. I'm working uh, strictly from my cell phone. Another thing I wanted yeah, to well, find out. Strange. I remember yeah. I was asking you if you were a writer. I thought you were coming to me as a writer. So this, do you remember me saying, oh, are you a writer? We were typing, remember, before we talked. So Yeah, that's because uh, I, I do inspirational writing. Yeah, and I don't use the phone, folks. The cell phone, I don't even know how to frigging use it good because I never on it. I hate to talk on the phone. My grandmother was an operator, and she called me all the time when I was a little girl, and these cell phones drive me nuts. I got bunches of them, give them to my kids, my grandkids. But uh, to be honest with you, and Tommy, Tommy I'll tell you, but now, Ken, I get a mad on Skype. So he's been teaching me how to use that for the last four or five years. Still hard to me because they change it all the time. Ken is the only one I'm trying to help him get computer literate. I'm computer <laughs> illiterate. Giving him the phone number. <laughs> I'm computer illiterate totally. What I know I've learned by trial and error. Yeah, DJ, you've got your work cut out for you trying to get me up to speed. I'm, I'm the old days, um, even back during the, uh, the Apollo days, we didn't have cell phones and uh, abilities to communicate with everybody around the world. It had to go through these big uh, computer rooms. We had enough uh, cold water, ice-cold water, running through the systems to keep everything cool because it was pulling all of the energy and power. It was amazing how far we have progressed. Uh, it's just using the computer system. Like I, I'm dealing right now with just a little small, um, oh, um, yeah, one of these. What do you call these stupid things? My wife's my wife's a, an, an IT. She's a, she's brilliant, <laughs> and me, I I'll fly your your flying saucers for you, but then I'm not the one that's going to be your communicator. That's what I'm up with today. TJ's the communicator. Hopefully, you can. Well, I'm not we're all done here. I feel like we're all here for a reason, so I'm going to let uh, – we've got 35 minutes left, folks, so we're going to do a quick roundtable because these guys bothered to show up to make sure I didn't have to talk to myself tonight. So uh, we're going to just pass this around between uh, – Kimberly, I want you to get to know just uh, – I wish Sean was here, folks, but we'll get him back. But uh, I think he's just having cell phone issues because he fell off and – I think he ran out of juice, to be honest, because remember how he had a little problem? We couldn't hear him there for a minute. But uh, I want, uh, Kimberly, I want you to hear Tommy's voice and uh, Ken's and and, and Ahmad. So uh, why don't, uh, let me see if, uh, start with Ken. I know he's on here. The other two are muted, but they'll take turns asking you a question. Or I think Ahmad asked you one about the robot. But Ken, you have anything to get Kimberly involved with us or something we can all work on on a support team or well, any well, advice? Because we're starting today. This is August 1st. Go ahead, I don't Ken. Know, I don't know that, uh, Kimberly, I don't know that it would be advice, but I'll tell you that um, some of the things that you said a while ago rang some bells, and that has to do with um, people that have been used to, um, um, I don't know, you said it best, where you've then, uh, uh, well, here I am, stammering and stuttering like I don't even know how to talk. <laughs> um, Spit it out. Huh? To, to create an offspring of both uh, extraterrestrial as well as homo sapiens, sapien earthlings. And um, there's been a lot of experience. Um, if you, um, one of the other things that I'm, I'm interested in finding out is that, you know, my, my father, my dad, um, was Captain uh, A.R. Johnston. Back in World War II, back in 19, 
1942, as a matter of fact, um, supposedly, and I'm using the word supposedly, he um, and a, a crew um, crashed and died, although uh, there were no bodies and anything else and like that. And so here, just uh, two and a half months after I, I was born, uh, he's no longer there, although uh, I've had communications and contact with him throughout my life and keeping me out of trouble, even when I was learning to fly in, in the Marine Corps as a pilot. So um, the, things things like that, very interesting to find out how we as humans have been used, is a term to use, or uh, had the, the privilege of um, direct contact with extraterrestrials and things. So I'm, I'm anxious to hear more about uh, the experiences you've had over the years, and then I still have a lot more to share that even TJ doesn't know about. But we'll get there. Okay. Welcome aboard. Yeah, that sounds – thank you very much. I appreciate that. Um, I think what you said was the opportunity or the privilege. I think uh, both of them is um, perfectly good to use, actually, because uh, not everybody's chosen. And I use the word chosen because that's exactly what we are. We're chosen by them. They don't. We don't choose them to communicate with. And um, uh, so many of the ones that I've researched, the the people that have had contact, end up with just like I said, and just like with what you're experiencing experiencing as well is the sixth sense is more open. You're able to communicate with the other side, which uh, maybe wasn't available before but you become more in tune, you become more awakened. Right. One of the biggest problems we run into, though, is the debunkers. And um, um, because of my uh, position with with NASA during the the whole Apollo program, and even after that for a while, um, as TJ knows, they've gone after me and tried to shut me down, and um, I I was almost put in a situation where I would have been killed while I was over in India. And we got that one cleared up. The biggest thing in my advantage is that I, I was able to keep track of records and, and documents and proof and everything. So whenever the they particular individual that goes after me trying to debunk or shut me down, all I have to do is just pull up and post documents of proof that the government had and that I dealt directly with the government. So we, we are not alone. Uh, we still are in direct contact with those that are uh, working with us, I'd say, more than using us uh, as far as extraterrestrials are concerned. So, um, yeah, I I get a little little uptight sometimes when uh, people are talking. All of a sudden, they get yanked off, and we've had it happen here several times tonight, CJ, because uh, we know well that we're being monitored. And if any of our guests seem to be going into a direction that they don't want us to, have, and we're right now at a point of getting into full disclosure. And I've been involved a lot here in the last oh, really, I guess it's uh, a year more that getting disclosure out, making it easier for people like yourself to to come forward and start telling your side of the true stories. And that's, um, TJ, I think that we're going to be seeing a lot more public direct contact before the end of the year 2019. So 2020 is going to be a really exciting year. I'm looking forward to it. Okay. I believe that's right. Go ahead, Kimberly. Well, what I was going to say was I've been warned several times from people from the Netherlands and from people from uh, the U.K. for me to stop talking about things so much, for me to, you know, um, not talk about the UFOs, to keep start keeping a lower profile. I've had uh, 
referrals to uh, from a by a I a, a German physicist contacted me and said that he was referred to me by somebody but never told me as to who and he was doing a he was doing a talk and doing papers on UFOs but he had no no belief system in the UFOs and I thought that was ironic being German physicist to start with and not believing well I worked with him for like two weeks and he changed his mind after that um, but there's just so much I get I get a lot of people that you know that want proof well if since you know if you're abducted they don't have a just like I tell them they don't have a damn gift shop that you can pick up a damn keychain or a bumper sticker you know they just don't have that and even if they did would you really believe it even then what do they want there's no possible unless I can't unless I chain a UFO to my wrist and drag it in are they going to believe it then there's too many Probably sightings had. <laughs> right exactly exactly and you know yeah I get kind of uptight and because I have because this is personal to me because it happened yeah. personally so me it too. becomes a much a much different level than if you're just talking about some a subject that you don't have any personal connection to so it becomes a little bit on a different level of things and I've always yeah, put a positive spin on mine, and that's uh, I had Janet with the Love and Light crew for me with my Ascension Center, and Tommy with my Dark Arts and Harry Potter, because he had been a wizard and a warlock and had his own coven in Jersey and done Vegas shows and been on television and you know knew the business really good. So I figured he could help me with all these people that have the problems. But I had gone through a lot of work, not just being born and dead and born and dead or born and crossover, you know, depending on who you talk to, because you offend every, you, you don't want to offend, offend anybody with your words. You're going to offend everybody. Somebody. So, yeah. you know, whether I tell my truth or try to make it sound good for all my love and light workers, which if I have to work in fear, I've seen people in love, and and I'm going to be 68. And you know, there's those out there that lead from their the brain in their heart and their gut. And when I was an investigator, and I came close to losing my life many, many times, whether it was drowning or at gunpoint or out of country or starving or in snowstorms or stuck in a big truck you know, up on a mountain with nobody coming up there. I've been I've been so close to death so many times, but I, the times that I did pass, uh, I was brought back as late as my husband died, and I died that same day, but they brought me back on a gurney in the ER room, and uh, the guy says, yeah. <laughs> I said, you know what I have? He says, yeah, and he says, well, have you seen other people with it? He said, yep. But they didn't live to tell about it. So he didn't tell me anything. He walked out. He was just, there's three or four doctors that had already been called in at the end. And the chaplain sat next to me and picked my iron up, dropped it. And I watched it. And I sort of overhead. But uh, it's so funny how many times I've been able to leave my body. But they keep sending me back. So I figure, okay, if we're going to do this, I'm going to do this together. Because I've been working on this since... I guess I was born, and uh, Kimberly, you'll learn I was 
taken and I saw angels had hepatitis and went out of my body and they put some blood in me. So that's like a hospital thing. You know, people say, yeah, I could figure that. That's a, nurses that tell you, yeah, that's possible. Then I went over to White Sands, New Mexico and saw my uncles working at Los Alamos. And so I figure that's part of my family with EPs. Anyway, after that, I married a guy in NASA and went back to Houston. That's where Ken comes in, and we meet a lot of the same people with Grumman. And then my husband's dad worked at Grumman Aerospace, and then the Jim Oberg, he said, worked over in engineering. But he can come to, like, 2014. I was there 67 through 76 when I went to University of Alabama. My husband moved to Southern company services electric company and i worked for southern living magazine right next door decorating craft ideas so uh we were right next door it was really convenient while i went to university of alabama finished some of my investigation forensics but i've never met a mad painter i've never met tommy hawksblood and i have met one guy here kimberly one guy is ken r johnston and he when I met him, uh, he had just got back from India, and so we met in 2017, but he had been on my show two years before that. And then we talked about a book that William Tompkins did, and Ken brought his copy. He had just gotten that. Ken, you remember anything in your brain remembers May 9th and 10th in Mobile, Alabama at all about us meeting? He had a car oh, yeah. after this, so he has trouble. Yep. But, and, and yeah, I I do as a matter of fact. But one thing I'd like to uh, to jump in and give you a chance to go into because uh, we get um, uh, people contact us and everything else, and we're told about well, T J Norris was the, um, part of the uh, the CIA, and um, we all have some background and, and experiences. And so I don't know. Um, I tell everybody, well, I, if she did, then it, she's not with them anymore. So is is that a is a a valid subject matter to bring up or your research and um, uh, activities and things. Were you at one time involved with the CIA or did I, did I step on toes and making a change in the subject here? I didn't mean to. Who are you asking Kimberly or me? Oh, I'm asking me, you. <laughs> I'm retired as of 2017, but I uh, was brought into the government without knowing it, but I signed all the paperwork on May 10th, 1967. And uh, so apparently that was my first clearance with the government. But, Ken, we don't say uh, intelligence agencies, and nor would they have brought a 16-year-old kid in. But they do, They just like they do at ROTC and get you ready for high school, I found out later. But, yeah, I met a men in black. They came to my – I was twirling machetes and fire batons and – so this long story is really interesting, but yeah, I, I didn't, I know now that I was, but yeah, I, I went to uh, put in FAR, the Central Intelligence Agency, knowingly back in the day, later on, 20 years later, and uh, 87, and was there to the day, which I find funny, but May 10th, 1987, never even put all this together until I meet my husband that he said his CIA handler brought me, brought him my file, which back in the day was a hard copy, folks. And he said it was a very thick file, I mean, two and a half inches. And he saw me in a blue uh, dress, and I was at a country club. And I'm not going to tell you all the story because 
the basic idea is, yes, I went into intelligence, Ken, and if you want to say intelligence agencies, I, I dated U.S. Secret Service. I dated agents. I dated NIS agents. I dated FBI agents. And, yes, I was one of those girls that was like a Miss James Bond because that's the guy that uh, Rick Allen Miller talks about with the cigarette, Men in Black. That's when I was right out in Houston, right outside that Windsor, there were steps on the side, and they met me and Stephen Lee Parrish, and Steve wound up working for NASA. And I didn't understand when I had to fill out the paperwork because I'd already had it filled out. And they said I had, I'd already had it, but it was five years. They needed the five years from 16 to before Stephanie was born. So they had to put my paperwork back in at NASA. So from 67, they had me. And of 50 years, in 2017, I retired. So 50 years serving our government on paper. But now here's the complication part. I wore a uniform uh, for the United States Navy. I wore the Air Force uniform. I wore a black uniform. I wore an Army uniform. I wore a Marine uniform. The only one I did not wear was a Coast Guard uniform. And the only okay. paper I was take, I was taken into a basement on several times. I don't know what the government has about the basements. I guess they're below ground, but that's where they do most of their talking. And you'll notice even in the White House, they have a room underneath. And we have all kind of places underneath the cities, you know, for people to get to and from, including Houston. There's been many times I've been under Houston going to the courthouse. But uh, I've done all kind of investigations on paper, on people, in and out of country. Uh, I'm proud of my work that I did. But do you know what? I do know the difference of when I was a child, when I died, when I was conscious. I do know the difference when you're unconscious, when you dream, when you have lucid dreams, when you're in the astral plane, when you're in the etheric, you know, out there wherever you are. And so I learned a lot. But I think that the reason I think I got called in, uh, number one, it was a prime time to go to space. And number two is we lived in the NASA area. But uh, I think some of the government guys that kids went to school and just saw me twirling batons and, and, and fire batons and machetes, Ken, and I think I was talented. But still, even if you work for the government in uniform or out, because you worked in a Marine uniform, and te- Tom didn't know he worked for the CIA while he was working for the Army, and then he would be assigned to other jobs. Now, if you ask me – Somebody came up and told me no, but yes, one time the NIS said I was really good at what I did. That's the Naval Investigative Services, so, and that was after I did JAG investigations because they wanted me to admit what I did, and I never did to anybody. But now that I'm no longer in, I'm retired, I'm out here, and uh, yeah, I've seen guys with CIA cards, but I, didn't, I wasn't card-carrying, as they say, CIA agent. I would be called... Uh, Actually, I was never called anything. <laughs> oh, Ahmed, I get called a lot of Ahmed, you've got the book. How would you, if you had to explain to Ken what I did, or to Tommy or anybody, what would you say? You've got the original book. What would you, you say? You were just an, an investigator that you know they used. There you go, Ken. <laughs> I, I, I got you, and that's really what has happened to a lot of us, many of us, is that we have been used. 
And um, but I, hopefully it's all been to for ending up. I'm saying ending up in a very positive manner to where we are taking our place amongst the the galaxies and the universe. And um, I've been excited to find out that the, a lot of the things that I wound up doing um, would prove the fact that we, <clears throat> when we went to the moon back in 1969, we had already been there as well as on Mars. And I've got now pictures and copies of the pictures that I kept that uh, before they'd been doctored up with shows, bases and things on these locations. So that, that'll allow the debunkers to really go after and say, oh boy, he is crazy. He's telling really facts, you know, fact lies and stories. But all you've got to do is be able to get a hold and um, you know, take a look at some of the pictures, do your own uh, research. Oh, that's a thing I tell everybody. Don't listen to the crap you hear from so many different sources. Do your own research and check it in, and you'll know which which part is true and what is is false. So uh, that's what I preach to. <laughs> go ahead. I'm yeah, sorry. go to the hey, go amen, to the source, brother. folks. Go to the yeah, source. Tommy. Yes. Uh, Kim, Hi. I want you to get up? to know Tommy. So, uh, however that's supposed to be, but all right, Tommy, just for a minute. I don't know what you'd call me either, but. Uh, Kimberly's. This is the first 24 hours. So Tommy, if you can put her mind to rest a little bit about working with us, I'd appreciate it. Because uh, I know that weighs heavy on Ken's mind about the CA because he's almost not worked with me a couple of times, Ken. And I know it keeps <laughs> bugging you because Ken and I have mutual friends like Andrew Bashago, which I met when I met Ken, uh, Janet Careless, and Dr. Alexander Sasha Lesson, uh, and well, and actually and Tommy's met actually- these people. Yeah, TJ, we, we actually both met each other back Hi. in 1967 in some of the conference meetings where we had Dr. Vona Von Braun and a few of these others. If you were there, you were, would be with me sitting in the very back of the room to keep our little mouths shut until we, we were tested to find out that we were actually contributing to the uh, getting to the moon and back that uh, Kennedy wanted us to do. So you and I have crossed paths many times in in, in just a few short years that we've been doing since I'm only 77. I'm still a young fellow. Let's keep going. Well, I'm 10 years uh, younger than him, but yeah, we, we were in the same spot. So I can't explain that Kimberly, but Tommy, if you can put this all together, Ken and I did meet and we've talked enough for hours of some of the things we did. It's sort of spooky, but yeah, you can doubt anybody. Tommy, you know what I mean? On anything, any of us well, say, but Tommy, if you can pull it together. Uh, I'm hardcore. I, I dealt with so many people in the UFO world for about 40 years now. Uh, I know a lot of them. My, the ones I was closest to are all dead. So I have this viewpoint, which I base it on people that I know, the people that I meet, the people that I work with. Anyone that's telling the truth, important truth, the government does go after them, period. Whether they live or not, it's a different story. Uh, and I could give you six names right now. I can give you ten names of people that I know as well. But they all were taken out. Now, when you talk about things that are important, to me, what aliens are doing is the most important. Working with the government is not what I consider important because that's going to happen no matter what we do. And they're not saying how many people get abducted. Now, my best friend, Lisa, she worked with Bud Hopkins, and she was abducted for, for a whole year. Bud Hopkins started becoming famous. He wrote his first book and everything. He hung out with her for the year as well. He never had an abduction. He wrote more books than anybody else about abductions, and he knew nothing really personally by experience. So when I talk about experienced people, I was friends with a lot of people close, like even Larry Warren, who wrote Left at Each Gate. 
they attacked him for 10 years. He couldn't prove he was alive. Then he finally released, uh, left at Eastgate 10 years later. Now the people around him are saying he's fake, he's not real. He was on TV. They showed him on the base. I mean, he has a recording that was filmed when the ship landed there. I mean, he has proof. I deal with a couple people that have solid proof. I was working with women that actually lost their children. So, yeah, there's bad things going on. And to say that they can't get involved and all the stories that you hear is, to me, is, is garbage. Because Now, here's one last thing I'll say about that. John Ford is in the nuthouse. He shot the best video ever shot of a UFO crash. I saw it. Now, nobody gets to see that. And nobody in the UFO world is trying to get him out of jail. I know Peter Moon talks to him once a month, but uh, every year the government comes in, every year they come in and say, well, he needs to be reevaluated. People in the UFO world should be getting him out. But he is the most dangerous person because he has an actual video of a ship crashing with aliens laying around it. So, yeah, they don't want that video out to the public. He's got four copies of that around the world, and nobody's going to get to see that unless he dies. So they're not going to kill him, but they're going to keep him in the nuthouse. Uh, but I talked to people when I got involved with MUFON. They didn't even call him, touch him. They didn't want to go near him. People are afraid of people that are dealing with important things that the government is definitely against. And the truth is, number one, what aliens are really doing to people on this planet. Uh, and I know because I work with regression. And I did all those things as well. I did psychic implant removals. But the people that are getting abducted do get programmed. And I challenge people directly. I said, okay. I know you said you don't have proof. Very few people have proof. But the people that are experiences that work with these aliens, they have no proof either. So if you're with a friendly race, they can't give you a, a shoelace or, or a button or even a, a tie clip or anything or a piece right. of their hair or anything. So it, it's complicated, but like even Bigfoot, nobody's proven Bigfoot's real. Every hair that was ever turned in, they said it was a bare hair. And I say, basically, how do we know that they don't have DNA like a bear does? And that's the bottom line to that. So we, we have this battle going on, and I mean, disclosure will not bring anything important to the world. The nope. only disclosure that the world, wait, I'll say this because this is really important. The only disclosure that's going to be important when an alien race comes here and they tell us what they're going to do to us, period. Not anything else. What the government says, I know for a fact the government had two wars in space with alien races. I know that for a fact. I know people that were involved with it. So when people say, well, this and that, they're good, they're going to work with us. It's all mind program. Show us, show the world one thing that an alien race has ever done for us in 20,000 years. They have not did one thing important for the human race. Weapons and, and technology for weapons is not good for the human race. Well, so, yeah, we're here, my, aren't we? We're here. But that doesn't mean <laughs> I anything. I say we're all aliens. <laughs> well, we and are. we may be hybrids. We may we be walk-ins. We, we may be ETs. We may be good. We, we are may be all bad. We all are hybrids, that's for sure. It started from the very beginning. If you stop and think about it, uh, if you look back in the biblical times, and I know that that's a uh, sore subject with many with po uh, being politics or religion, but my thing is uh, Jesus was a hybrid himself. You had God that uh, impregnated uh, Mary, a virgin. Well, you tell me what God is if he isn't an alien. Well, you know... Off there, some other time, I'll debate you on that in a second. My last book is The True Teachings of Jesus and God Realization. I live with Mary Magdalene. I was there the whole time. I watched one down. He wasn't an alien. He was a human being. He never said he was God. He was the most, he had 32 psychic abilities, which he didn't use half of them. 
Mary Magdalene got his powers and had to teach the rest of the disciples. Nobody in the Bible has a clue to that. So, yeah, I, I'm a rebel. I'm teaching that. That's what my book is, my last book I put out, my fourth book. Uh, but I was there, and I, I, I go back to Atlantis. I mean, I have all awareness of so my past life. Yep, me too. There, I was, I was there with uh, Christ, and I was there with at Atlantis as well. I've done, I've had uh, um, uh, regression therapy myself. So, and well, yeah, I, and I do spirit writing. I, I have direct awareness, but uh, in Atlantis, when I was there, there were there were nine races here, five races left, four races stayed. The red, black, yellow, and white race stayed. Uh, the other ones that left were colors, and they all became gods. Uh, Shiva, Green Tara, I mean, they all became, one of each race became a god in the, in the lower realms. Uh, but see, people have to travel those realms, which very few people do. And I challenge people on that too, because I can tell you what you're going to do when you get there. And people do their exercises, do their work. If they work out their karma, they'll be able to get out of the astral plane. And they'll be able well, to I carry the Tara forth. energy, are a part of me, and I don't say that I am Tara, but that is my higher soul name and there was green tara white tara blue tara red tara and it's yellow tara. Tara. That's 21 faces of tara that's still okay tara. so that was my higher soul name but i also remember being in the in the egyptian pyramids and underneath them and being initiated in what people would now call thoth and tommy gets me on the Indian nine all the time all the attributes because uh, those are memories of helping people learn uh, the metaphysical world, which we're doing right now. Well, so I claim a metaphysical institute, well, and each one of you here right now. I would I would suggest that all of us are from somewhere that we could say, even though we're human, and we trace back to our parents, our parents, their parents, their parents, vote all the way back, Tommy, just like Kimberly said, and you said you're both right, because – I believe we're all from somewhere else. Even if you break it down into quantum entanglement and quantum mechanics and quantum physics, and you want to argue how much of us are carbon-based or helium and hydrogen first, which is what all the kids today have been briefed in, mostly in high school, and uh, they're much more intelligent than we ever were because they're at a higher level. And now the kids coming with computers are going to know all these stories, so they're not going to be just programmed cut off from the rest of the world that we were in the 50s and 60s in the United States when we were going to the moon. So here's the dilemma in this world is that now they're trying to control us with this Internet, by the way, folks. I hope you guys wake up in another reality that means that if you're in the UFO ET business, here's what it's really about. The same thing it's always been about, whether you're in Atlantis and Moo or here now, is the fact that those that will know, will know, that have ears to hear, will hear, that have eyes to see, will see, and that this is a learning planet. However, we're doing the same thing we've done, and there's going to be people that don't hear us tonight because they do not have any access to the Internet. So there's a big war going on on this planet right now, the same one we've always had before we nuke ourselves, and that's for control and the information and the communication of that. So if you want to get involved, please find out the people in your area. Now, this, this is a political year in America, and the whole world's watching until 2024, but let's say by 2020. We are going to have 2020 vision on each other because we're going to know who – 
has the information and in communicating it to others that do not have access to the Internet. Right here in America, there are at least 60% that have no access. You can live, I saw a television show, you can look it up, what the F happened to the Internet. It's a television, no, it's a documentary, what the F happened on the Internet. It's on Hulu, I think, or Netflix. But this guy does a great job, and he walks into one of these hotels where he does an interview, and they stay at the hotel so they can't throw him out, and they finally get him out with the sheriffs. But he said, I'm staying here anyway. But he was he was exposing this group called ALEC, and I'm not going to go into the details, but they are the ones that lobby, uh, take all the people that lobby all the big corporations' money, and they help get these bills passed that while we're out here playing the donkey elephant game in America over politics – the bad guys are the ones that are controlling the world with all their money and all the corpse. And I'm not, and I'm pro corp or pro, I am pro business or give us jobs. Okay. So I'm not preaching that, but what I am preaching is those that have will have, and those that don't will not, they're going to try to keep even AT&T and I've always been pro AT&T, but there are places that they cannot serve. And these people don't have access to the Internet. Some guy in Cleveland, Tennessee, they have families within 100 yards of a pole with fiber optics up there. And he can't even get it. It's not 100 yards from his house. So, And I've been there in Kentucky, so I know this. And, and Mitch McConnell running Kentucky, and he gets paid. They call them grants on the side. All these, all these politicians are getting paid on the underside through ways around the system calling it different things, but they're payoffs, folks, and this is the way it's always been. So a lot of people in the government that are wearing uniforms, a lot of aliens, whether they're in uniform or out, whether they're bright, gray, white, red, white, blue, we don't care anymore because we're all getting together and realizing what's good is good, what's bad is bad, and that can be the person next to you. So I'm all for us just do the best we can, stop pointing fingers, stop playing the stupid donkey elephant game and let's meaning you'll figure that out but look at some people that are really doing some damage and stop looking at each other and playing the stupid games of pointing fingers that's the game that's programmed inside the matrix for all the people and we call them dog and pony shows on the inside of the government and on the inside of politics with all the people that are really controlling the money okay now i'm saying this when i'm flying first class flying over the gold mines in africa all right, I'm one of those, okay? And they're done that, got that T-shirt. I don't want it. I've had millions on paper. I could have been bribed to be a billionaire right now. I wasn't. So I've been hurt. I've had people taken from me. I've had my throat cut. I've had my back broke. I've been in uniform. I've been out of uniform. And I'm telling you, it's still all about love and communication. And God bless us because I don't know who else there is out there. So if y'all want to, you know, let's work together because there's so much pain and dying, and I've been through so much. I don't think I can stand much more, folks. Ahmed, get in here. I don't want to come back here. Do you, Ahmed? <laughs> I'm not coming back. No, I'm passing on them too. But no, I'm good. <laughs> too many times they're recycled, and we've been recycled enough. I think hopefully we've learned enough that we can move on to something better. Right, and can I touch on something real quick? Uh, what I'm 
the reason I'm going to say this is because uh, everybody questions as to what the ETs want with us and why we are abducted, and, that, and that's to seed and reseed places. Because the, I believe that they don't, they no longer have the sex organs and things like that because of the chemicals and the radiation that's been dealt with, that they've dealt with for so long. Yeah, look what we look what we did up there. We've nuked ourselves and had have gold in our area, just the ridiculous, so we can keep our planet safe. So now we're out. You're exactly right. We're out terraforming, and and even the Mormon Church knows that. And well, so do the tonight. Scientologists. Everybody knows what's really going on. The only people that don't are inside the matrix, playing stupid games, pointing fingers. But I had <laughs> two remarks to that real fast. Uh, the Greys don't have sex. We're cloning Greys in a base and underground right now, but reptilians do have sex with humans. There's other races that do have sex with humans. I mean, if you go back to the Enochs and stuff, they all had sex with humans. Uh, there's sure. There's a few races that don't have sex, and greys are one of them, but they are cloning their kind on other planets. That's what my friend lost her children, lost her embryos. I have right. people that I know directly that lost their children two in, in three years. She was showed them yeah. once, and then she was told she'll never see them again. But they yeah, there's no one story out there. They are probably you know, every woman would have their story. You know, because oh, I was people say grays don't have babies is bullshit. So grays fornicate and make hybrids, okay? Now there's I think there's different strains. I believe there's different strains. I will agree with that, that there's some because my husband yeah. wanted to argue with me and I'm like, Well, I know what I know and I know a baby I lost and I know a man right. came to me right. that looked like looked like a white man with blue eyes when he walked in the door, but I swear to God he was a gray when he walked out. So you tell me. Well, they're able saying? to shape shift and look like any yeah, they're able to look like anything that they want. I mean they're shapeshifters. They're they're they they can they control their molecular structure very well. They can break it down and re, re redo it. Going through walls, ceilings, they do that. Because they know the I believe they're interdimensionals. Uh, or some sure. of them. You know what well, we gotta get out of this all white people are white, all black people are black, all yellow are are blue or all grays are gray. You know what I mean? That's bullshit. I'm sorry, but we're all just some kind of species out there and we're out here trying to seed the planet. I agree with you, Kimberly. And I'm one of those yeah. that's had mixtures. Mixed. Key, yeah. key word. We're all mixed. And you know, we'll just have to figure it out. And I think that each person is writing their own story. So Ken, you know, don't hold it against me because I worked intelligence. I was out trying to find the truth out, man. <laughs> Any way I could get it. And I wanted to be a good guy. So, you know. But folks, and we, we need to remember the show. But go ahead. I'm say what you guys say. With you go. I'm yeah, quite satisfied with your answer. Thank you. <laughs> All right. It's good, good, good to meet, meet the new people here. That's good. Kimberly, you wanted to say something? We got to go though. But go ahead. They hadn't cut us off yet. I just want I just want you to know that they're not not all ETs are bad not all ETs are good there's a mix and there's also some that are neutral they're just like like us humans as far as that aspect goes there are some you know like I said some that are all good some that are all neutral some that are just pure bad and some that are a mix of both of, of you know everything 
So we can't just yeah, why lay, do we I know think that be any different than the human race, right, Kimberly? I mean, yeah, they're, they're, I've, I've met some that don't even use their voice, but there's to me, right, me I'm sorry, but I think every race, I don't care if you're black, red, blue, green, gray, smoking something, not smoking, token, whatever you're doing. I judge <laughs> you it, we say we don't judge, but you get next to somebody who walks in your space and you start judging them up real quick, especially if you did the kind of work I did. But just be safe out there. And look around in these convenience stores. <laughs> and well, I, I bet if you're in 100 people, there's 10 of them that aren't at the exact same place where you were born. So we're, TJ, we're getting have, into this. I have to throw this in. Every race, every single race that exists has an agenda. And people that get yeah. on a ship from a planet are ones with the agenda that the government wants to get on that ship to fly here. It's not like the homeless people, the good people, the bad people get on a ship and come here. The government, like our government, doesn't put homeless people on ships to send them into space. They pick who they want. So the people that do come here have a specific agenda, and whether it's to watch us, take us, abuse us, or, or whatever. It's an agenda, so it's not good or bad. Everybody has their agenda. And anybody thinks that any other race in the universe has the same agenda that the human race does is dreaming. Because we are here for one reason, and we're still learning what that is. Well, alien races have their agenda of taking over the universe, working with the universe to control it. So we will see that very shortly. Uh, my, friend, uh, my friend and I, the reason why I talk, have the best pictures, the most pictures than anybody else in the United States of UFOs, ships, and creatures, and aliens, and entities. And nobody's listening. The government warned us once, but they, they didn't come after them. They didn't take him out. Uh, we were the first people in the United States to go public filming orbs anywhere we went. And orbs are dangerous, and people don't even, aren't even aware of that. Uh, so, yeah, there's a lot of things happening when we say good, bad, and different. That's what the humans think, good, bad, and different. We're all humans. We all have specific, specific, specific agenda to, to live, to eat, and survive. It's not about becoming spiritual. Very few people have that in their agenda. I mean, they say they do. So, yeah, I'm hardcore. I, I'm out there mainstream. I spent six hours, five hours every other night filming ships, seeing creatures. It's a ch strange world. And it all started with Nikolai Tesla when he created the Philadelphia Experiment. It ripped a hole in the vortex. It's allowing all these things to come into our world, which have been here. But now more things are here than ever. So, yeah, I have proof. We have thousands and thousands of pictures. Nobody else in the United States can say that. So when we talk, we put pictures up every week. We show what we talk about. Uh, he copyrighted everything he ever shot. He got pictures of demons, creatures. I mean, so when people say, well, uh, there's a lot of things going on, and we have to be aware of all of it. And the government is not part of any of that. They don't want to know about demons. They don't know, want to know about creatures. They don't want to know about that stuff, which are affecting people. Look at people they know about it. They just have it here in the Pentagon files. Ahmed, <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna give you the last exactly. word. We got we got to get out of here. But folks, if you're interested in uh, just having a panel open discussion, please get in touch with us. Kimberly, I hope you come back. Sean, I hope you do. And folks, we ask you to come in. And if you stay a year or so, you may be wanting to get on one of our groups or uh, fundraisers or events or uh, association, whatever. Uh, Mad's getting doing a magazine. We got different people do different things. So keep in touch with us and uh, tune in. And we're hoping to grow this, regardless of what color you are or what, even what language you speak. But we're doing the business language of English because uh, 
I don't really know any others. That is a translation on Google. <laughs> Ahmed, it's your turn, but we'll come back here if Ahmed yeah. you want us to. I only know two languages, English and bad English. <laughs> <laughs> well, usually we have fun. We got pretty down hard tonight, but we started that way with Sean. So that, you know, it set the tone for the whole evening. But, folks, we're going to have good, bad, and indifferent. And sort of like, you know, take your pick. But we'll we'll put it together. We'll have some events with panels and discussions. We'll come back here weekly. I'm mad. Tell them real quick about your trying to put together if they want to be in your little magazine monthly or whatever you're doing, and then we'll, yeah, we'll turn got, off and come uh, back. If you got articles or artwork, you can submit them to themadpainter13 at yahoo.com or come on down to uh, ACO uh, dot com. I think it was American Communications Online. And uh, get a hold of me or TJ, and uh, we'll see about putting together, uh, putting you into one of the issues. Uh, I've already got next month's uh, issue out. I'll probably release it on the 15th. So. All right. We got ACO Club app, acoclub.app. I did that for Ken, and I can't get Ken to tune in long enough, so get him to put some good stuff on there for us. But we're going to get this all figured out. Kimberly, you too. We'll get you all stories and try to get them out to people, at least many stories, or put them on Kindle books so people can read them. That's my objective as a publisher. And, uh, folks, any way we can help you, we just let us know. Now that comes showing up. Tommy, is that you? Whew. All right, folks. Uh, Ken, any last words? Because you're supposed to show up on Thursdays. So we'll show up. I guess the only thing to say is, is uh, people listening out here, you have part of the story to add to it, and you, you've been afraid to come. Now is the time to put all that aside and come forward because this is a time of full disclosure. And you now I'm know in the process the- of working on her story right now. There you go. Excellent. All right. Enjoy being with all of you. We'll look forward to the next time. Have a good evening. Hey, Ken, you want to ask you want to ask your friend Andrew Bashago if he wants to come on one night that you're not I doing sure horses? Will. I sure will. All right. Well, you, is Thursday going to be your night? Because well, we can add That's- Friday for continuing on panel discussions the next night. But Thursday's still yours, Ken. We, it was mine and well, Janet's, but we moved you over because you had Friday I'll, nights I'll, pretty much cut up. I'll do, I'll do my best. <laughs> I'm living like three or four different lives all at the same time. But I will work with you on it. All right. Well, ask uh, ask Andrew Bashago which Thursday night or Friday night he has available. Okay. And he talked to he talked to Mad. So, Mad, if you know how to get in touch with Andrew, I know Ken does because he talks to him weekly. But he talked to him Tuesday night. So. And Matt, yeah, let I, us know I, if you, either one of y'all I'm not, will bring him on. I'm not. Uh, I don't have enough. Uh, I'm not friends with him or nothing. I wouldn't call him out, outright. I've got his number, but I, you know, I only do it because of producing shows. I wouldn't call oh, okay. him outright. Well, Ken does. Yeah. I wouldn't either, even though I've met him and we've talked and we both worked on. Yeah, I would. Pegasus you know, I mean, I don't, he, He's never said, "Hey, give me a call," you know. <laughs> yeah, me either. Uh, he gave me his – yeah, he did. He didn't tell me to give him a call. He gave me his, his uh, business card because I remember calling to see if he was really a lawyer in Washington, and he really is, folks. <laughs> so, but uh, Ken, you're, you're, 
Ken, y'all stayed in the same room together at events. So you you know Andy pretty well. And I met him. Was that the first time you met Andy in May 2017? Yes, it was. Yes, it was. Wow, we met Andy together. All right. Well, I guess we've known him for a while. Where do you hear the story when you find out that he and I actually rendezvoused together on Mars? And uh, I'll bring the rest of it up a little bit sooner. But yeah, he and I do know each other, and we were. Uh, he ran for president, and then he'll be running for the president, and I'll be going along with him as a vice president. So you never know what's going to happen. Stay tuned. Never know what timeline you're on. <laughs> we do time. We do uh, time travel, folks, and you never know which reality or timeline you're going to be on. But that's fun. All right. Well, write your own story, folks, and the one that we have to share together. Come back and let us know. So, Kimberly, thanks for keeping up, and we'll have a support community with you, Kimberly and. Uh, uh, we got the ACO Club, we got ACO Association, UFO Association. The reason is, folks, some people in health and wellness and metaphysics don't want to have something to do with the UFO business. A lot of my scientists don't want to be in the UFO Association. So I got people from all walks of life. So I've got Advanced Communications Dot Agency. Look it up. I've got TJ Morris Agency. I've got TJMarsETRadio.com here with these people. I've got ACOassociation.com and UFOassociation.org, Ken. And, Ken, your picture's on just about all of them and your name, and you're the fleet commander for the UFO Association and for our ACO club, and you're director for the ACO Association with me and Ahmad here. And Tommy's with Ace Folk Life. Janet's with Ascension Center on the Maui Big Island, and she's still got that ascensioncenter.net up. So Tommy moved over to the UFO Association, but now Tina Bird, that they just did a big event over in the UK, and Tina's our co-director for UK, and uh, we had Lenny uh, and we had Kent Russ Kellett, but Tina sent me pictures with Linda Moulton Powell and Richard Dolan and his wife and two or three other people uh, that were over at the UK big thing that Ken was going to be at, but we didn't get all his paperwork all done uh, in advance, two or three months to get him in on the big publishing and name, and so we're not going to do that anymore. We're going to help Ken stay on target, and he's got one coming up this month, isn't it, Ken, in August in, in Knoxville? Yeah, I, I think so. <laughs> I've got to check with my wife. She's got it all. We're putting a calendar together so I can uh, stay up with things. I'm old-fashioned. All right, Alien Expo. There you go. All right, Alien Expo, folks, and I believe that's in Knoxville coming up. Uh, Let me look it up real quick because I always tell you all where. Now, we're doing one uh, here in Gulf Breeze. It'll be – we do one every six months and then Milton. Alien Con, we got coming up. We got Alien Expo, Alien Cosmos Expo, Save the Date. Alien Cosmic Expo in Dallas, uh, September 21st to 22nd, folks, Alien Cosmic Expo, and uh, we'll get back in touch with you, Ace, over the years. So uh, Alien Cosmic Expo, and uh, we hope you uh, stay in touch with us now. we got a lot of good people that know who we are and what we're doing, so stay in touch with all of us, ACO and Ace. You'll see the same faces but a lot of us are newcomers, so you'll see Linda Moulton Howe, Richard Dolan, and a lot of people, and the Dallas Alien Con Expo coming up. And uh, everybody, uh, stay in touch, and uh, uh, I know you need one place. I think, Imad, you've decided it's going to be 
one Walmart or one Sam's Club. We're going to have one ACO Club and one American Communications Online. We're working on it, aren't we, Mad? Trying to get everybody in one place. We're trying to. <laughs> it's you not to, easy, folks. You go, you go to American Communications Online and you can access every one of the other ones. There you go. Okay, well, that's. That's a Mad's big thing is his mission in life is to get us all to be the Allied Command. And <laughs> and Ken is the fleet commander for the ACO Club for the Allied Command. I'm the Allied Command Oracle, but I just go by the SAC. <laughs> Special Agent Charge and SAC Lard, I don't know. So, Kimberly, we'll figure out which, what you're going to do. I think you're going to help us with all the social network groups and do you moderate? Because we need moderators all the time, some of these yes, I do. groups. Yeah, I Good. moderate as well as admin. Can you help me with UFO Secret Space and Alien Contact Org? Those are two big ones I've got. I've got Ascension Center, too, but we'll talk off there, okay? <laughs> yeah, sounds so. good. All right, Tommy, I want you to learn how to moderate without being too mean, okay? <laughs> oh, that's so hard. You do it because I have a hard time with that one. <laughs> Bird is uh, pretty equal to what I think, so we agree a lot, so there's not too much battling going on. <laughs> okay. Well, let us know all these groups, folks. If y'all want to be in a UFO association or so, in the network out there, they're all free on Facebook, social networks, mine, at Alien Contact Org, Ascension Center. I've got Star Trekkers, Star, Star Warriors. I've got 20 or 30 groups out there, folks. I can't even tell you all of them. So Mad's going to try at least get our websites together. Then we'll work with Kimberly and Tommy and Tina Bird and Ken. Ken's big on social media and Facebook. Try to get y'all out there to help us get find all these. So, All right, folks, we got to go. Love and light, everybody. Come back every week, and we may even do another Friday and Saturday coming up. I know we're all working at this, other shows. All right, love and light, everybody. See y'all. Thanks, Thanks a lot. Have a good evening. Hey, I'll take good night, it. everybody. Good night. Good night. Good night, everybody. I'm trying to close this off. I just don't know how. <laughs> <laughs>